Today's entrepreneurial community is bigger than it's ever been. From seasoned entrepreneurs to newcomers entering each day, they're all looking for a mentor, someone to guide them, someone who's grown and scaled the business to answer the questions that plague us in an ever-changing market each day. Welcome to the Connected CEO Podcast with Tom Cardella, where we'll attempt to answer some of these questions. Tom's going to share his vast experience from growing several companies, how you can be a connected CEO with your employees, customers, and the surrounding entrepreneurial community at large. Without further ado, here's your host, Tom Cardella. All right, welcome to another exciting episode of The Connected CEO. I am your host, Mike Ficarra, and we are excited. We are back with Tom Cardella. We had a great episode with Tom Maroney on the previous podcast, and we were able to just you know talk about so many great things and, and where we've come a year later from COVID. We're going to talk a little bit about that episode today, and Tom has been uh, doing one of his favorite things. He's been on the road, so we're going to be talking about that as well. And, you know, a lot to catch you guys up on. So we're really excited. Appreciate everyone who's tuned in. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you can stay up to date on great episodes like that. So, Tom, welcome back. How are you today? Thank you, Mike. Uh, doing well. We're Spring is in the Midwest now, and we're starting to get COVID, hopefully in the, a little bit more in the rearview mirror each and every day. So I, I agree, and, and that's a great segue. You know, we talked to Tom uh, about where you guys are, you and him a year ago, almost to the date, did an episode on on what you thought it was going to take to prepare for COVID and what that looks like. And you know, I think there were some things that that were definitely spot on that that you guys saw that you adapted to, that you made those changes. Uh, but there was also some things that were unexpected. You know, what what has the experience been like a year later from that point? That you know, realizing that COVID changed, you know, the world, not just your industry, but everything. You know, where are you guys at a year later? As far as your company goes, we've achieved some pretty significant growth. The company should be about 50% larger in 2021 than we were in 2020. And the basis for that is just the hard work that everybody in the company did. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that it's one year later. Um, you know, looking back a year, we didn't really know. You know, we were right in the, in the middle of things getting shut down and working hard to relocate individuals to a work at home model, uh, helping people establish bandwidth at their homes so that they could continue to work. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, we just came out the other end, uh, I think a stronger company in many respects, and certainly uh, perhaps even a closer company, even though many of us have been together 10 to 20 years. And, you know, I think too, I, you know, I talked about this with Tom and, and you and him both, you know, kind of mentioned the idea of your customers and and your employees being kind of the first thing that you needed to take care of and making sure that both of them uh, had the opportunity to, you know, really be able to adapt to the situation. I know you said you, you helped a lot of people move and work at home. Um, but I know also, you know, on the sites, uh, you know, Tom talked about, you know, some of the measures on sites, even though you had the social distancing and things, keeping the idea of, because you guys are such a celebrated community, keeping the idea of the team together. How did you keep the culture alive of that family atmosphere during COVID? That was somewhat difficult. Uh, as you might imagine, we had some significant attrition in March and the first half of, half of April of 2020. But it was really the frontline management team, you know, the individuals in our individual call centers that our supervisors and trainers, quality assurance representatives and administrative assistants uh, continuing to do the great job they do in each of our locations. 
And then we had other key corporate management individuals such as David McCormick, our Vice President of Operations in the Southwest region, that literally was working 18 hours a day running around Las Cruces, Alamogordo, and El Paso, helping people pull equipment out of our physical brick and mortar sites and move that to a work at home model. I believe it was perhaps maybe the third or fourth week of April, uh, if memory serves, when the state of New Mexico mandated that we shut down um, all non-essential businesses. And even though we had a letter from the Department of Homeland Security stating that we were an essential business because of the work we do supporting broadband, uh, the work we do supporting mortgages, uh, things of that nature, um, the state of New Mexico you know, still made the decision that we had to shut down. Uh, and so when you have the state police come in to tell you to shut down and you really haven't done anything wrong, it can send a little bit of a, a nervous shiver up people's spines. And they, you know, they wonder, you know, at, at that time, there was no stimulus money yet. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, let people know that you are there for them to earn a paycheck. Uh, Tom Roney and Mike Mateka and others worked very hard reaching out to our clients, asking them to allow us to move to a work at home model, even if that was not part of something that we had been allowed to do previously. And most of the, most of the clients were, um, did allow us to go ahead and, and move to a work at home model. Awesome. No, that, and, and I remember too, even, uh, one of the stories you guys told about the family members actually came in and helped <laughs> move some of that equipment around and, and reorganize some of the sites. It, it just really goes to show the the family atmosphere. And I know, you know, one of the things that I think has been hardest for everybody during during the whole COVID pandemic, and I know even we just came off a holiday weekend of Passover and Easter was, this is the first time a lot of families have been able to get together and see each other again. Um, and you've been out on the road again, <laughs> kind of visiting your TLC family um, and, and really hitting the road. I mean, you know, what have you seen getting back out there, getting on site, seeing and visiting everybody? What has that experience been like? You know, uh, right before I answer that question, you, you did remind me that Bill Miller, um, one of our systems engineers, literally had his family, his yeah. wife and kids in here uh, on a Sunday when I came into the building, uh, you know, pulling equipment off the floor, getting it ready uh, to go to people's homes. But anyway, back to, the, back to your question. Um, yeah, I, I have been all over the place since February. Um, I put about 7,500 miles on the car in the month of March. Wow. Started out by going down to America's Georgia, our, uh, well, not our newest location, be our second newest location now because we did do the expansion in the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, but, you know, got down to America's Georgia <clears throat> and I was blown away. Uh, by the level of support in the community, because we had our open house and grand opening uh, while I was down there. And there had to be 40 or 50 members of the community that came out to support TLC in Americas. The police chief was there. The, the mayor was there. There were people from, you know, captains of industry there, people from the local universities and colleges, you know, the presidents of those, of those institutions. I, 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 I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was, uh, it was amazing. So we I spent a few days down in Georgia um, and then uh, came back to Iowa. Uh, and then I hit the road and I spent several days down in El Paso, Texas at both of our locations there. And then in Las Cruces and Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, 
during that time, we had clients come in and it was good to finally have a face-to-face -face meeting with a client after a year because you just you accomplish so much more when people are in the same room together yeah. and there's a give and take in ideas and you can read people's body language and you can see their facial expressions and um, uh, boy it's just it's more conducive to business and plus the clients get out on the floor and they interact with their people and I think the clients go away with a much better feeling that the frontline employees at TLC are truly engaged. Uh, with our clients and our clients' customers and our clients' brands. Um, you know, as far as what did I experience, I, I experienced the same things I always experience when I get off the site. First of all, a feeling of just being extremely humble. Uh, people working hard, uh, you know, people coming in, uh, people still navigating the COVID waters, whether that's, a, you know, a family member that's tested positive or maybe they don't feel well and they feel they have to go get tested or whatever the case may be. Uh, but you know, I always enjoy always enjoy my time uh, in the in the in the call centers. And tomorrow I'll be headed down to Ottumwa, Iowa, which will be my second meeting with everyone in six or seven weeks now. Uh, where we um, we're investing in brand new furniture for the Ottumwa location. Uh, we're going to do a, a large floor meeting, and um, we're bringing in lunch for everybody tomorrow. Uh, and you know, it's just. It's just a way to stay connected with with the individual. And I know too, even the America's Georgia site. I, I did see on on social media they did a news story on that, and and the news media was there. And and I saw him interviewing you know one of the gentlemen, and he's like, "Man, I'm just so excited to be here and be in this building." And and just the energy that that brought. You know, I, I think when you look at you know you guys going into the small towns, and we talked about this a lot, but I think you know post COVID, this is a site you guys opened in a small town that it closed down that you guys are taking over, you know, what, what, what did you hear though from those community leaders and those people about you guys coming into the community? Like, why was that so important? I think it's the type of jobs that we can bring into a community. You know, we've talked previously that when we go into communities such as Americas or Alamogordo or, or Keokuk, whatever the case may be, that these jobs pay well enough that this is how people take care of their families, pay their mortgage or their rent, you know, buy food and, and clothes for their kids. Um, I took the opportunity while I was in Americas to literally go and speak with so many frontline people at their stations while they were on the phone. Um, and they were so engaged with me, uh, you know, big smiles on their faces, thanking us for coming to back to the, back to the community. Um, and, and it was, uh, again, very humbling. As far as meeting with all the community members, I think one of the things that really stands out in my mind is um, somebody decided we should do a big uh, group photo opportunity. So we did, um, you know, we were all with our masks on. There was no social distancing, so uh, to speak. We were outside and, you know, we were probably only huddled together for, I don't know, two, three minutes maybe. And, you know, you cut the big ribbon. There's probably 30 in the photo and the, the local newspapers there. And I made the comment, I can hardly wait to see. What the <laughs> so, um, Anyway, but uh, again, just just an amazing group of community leaders in America. It, it, it really is. And like I said, it was just neat to see the excitement and the energy there. And I think, you know, obviously we are getting more towards the central norm normalcy, hopefully. Um, you know, and I, and I know as you're visiting the sites, um, 
what is it that you're you're hearing though from the employees? You know, is it is it consistent? You know, does it vary by state? Does it vary of, of how they're feeling in Georgia versus New Mexico versus you know Iowa? Like like, what is the difference based on location? How are the employees feeling at this moment? That's a really good question, um, and I think it depends on which individual you speak with. Mm. So you know, we are we're not only working against the headwinds of COVID, but then we have people that feel that they're being incentivized not to work, right? The unemployments have been now uh, being paid weekly all the way through the end of September, uh, the stimulus checks that are going out. And unfortunately, uh, it, it has created um, you know, not just for us, but for other companies as well, it has created situations where it can be more difficult to hire, even if we increase pay wages. And I understand the other side of the equation, right? Uh, that there are people in need. Um, and, and, I, and I definitely understand that. But I know that there are a lot of businesses, if you go drive around Cedar Rapids, there are now hiring signs everywhere. Yeah. The unemployment rate is down to 3%. Now, again, in Iowa, I think it topped at 6.5% or so. So there are jobs. They're good-paying jobs. We've spoken in the past that, you know, TLC is not one of those companies that goes in and, and to use the term I use, rapes the workforce and then leaves. Uh, you know, we're paying uh, anywhere from $11.50 an hour plus bonuses on top of that. Uh, all the way up to $15 an hour plus bonuses on that, depending on the program, um, the lo- where that program's located, uh, you know, and, and some of the parameters put in place by clients. Uh, but again, um, you know, sometimes when people receive free money, uh, they are incentivized not to work. And then that creates additional headaches for um, companies such as ours. And then, of course, you know, clients wonder, you know, can TLC get the staffing levels we need? Uh, I think one of the positive things is, is that most of our clients, they've either been on the call center side of the business or they run their own internal call centers as well. Mm. And so I think that they, they are understanding uh, based upon their current or previous experience on, on some of the challenges that we still face. 